Taking Care of Iredell with North Carolina State Representative Jeff McNeely is about to begin in five, four, three, two, one. Good morning, Iredell County. A little scratchy there, but I don't feel scratchy. I don't know, Joe. We'll get into this here. It is Monday. I always, always get the tough day starting out. Hey, I hope everybody's doing well. Welcome to Taking Care of Iredell Representative Jeff McNeely. Got a lot going on today. Going to have a really unique, real cool guest coming on uh, middle of the show, Joseph Alighieri. Uh, he's a uh, preacher. Reverend down in Mooresville, North Carolina at Lakeside ARP, that's Associate Reformed Presbyterian. I happen to go to New Sterling ARP out in the Sharon School community, so I've known Joseph for quite a while. Uh, Joseph is an expert on uh, the Muslim religion, uh, went to Dearborn and tried to uh, minister there and missionary work there. Believe it or not, we do send missionaries to different places inside the United States, not just outside. Dearborn is I don't know, 90% Muslim maybe, maybe not quite that bad, but pretty close. And so uh, he has a unique perspective on what's going on in Israel, Gaza right now, Palestine. Um, And we're going to get that kind of what's happening, you know, what are we looking at here? Uh, The Ukraine-Russian war, I think when everybody runs out of money, it'll stop. This one here, mm, I'm not so sure. It worries me. So... Anyway, if anybody would like to call in, 704-873-1400. Love to hear from you. Uh, hear what's on your mind this morning. Got a lot going on. Been a busy week since I was here last Monday. We have a new Speaker of the House, um, Representative Mike Johnson from Louisiana. Uh, don't know much about him. Uh, learning all the time here. We're going to see. Seems to be fairly conservative, which kind of surprised me he was able to get the speakership with all that was going on, but evidently he's not made enough people mad yet that he can't get along with everybody. So good for that. Uh, I do know he's already catching a little bit of of flack. Uh, Seems to be uh, that he had a prayer on the floor right after uh, his uh, swearing-in ceremony, and uh, a lot of people, you know, didn't think that was cool. They didn't like that. Tell you what, that was a a box checked with me, though, so hopefully we got a good man there and he knows who the Lord is, and the Lord knows who he is. So this will be interesting. Real quick, too, also, Mike Pence, uh, vice president under Trump, suspends his campaign for right now for president. Uh, Mike never could get the funding behind him, the people behind him, and just not where it's at. Good man, I think, to be a good Christian man. Uh, but evidently he's not uh, getting the people excited enough to make the thing keep going. So uh, he's going to go on pause for right now for sure. Um, all right, and like I said, if anybody like to call in, 704-873-1400. Love to hear from you. But uh, Well, we voted on the state house and senate maps last week in Raleigh. Uh, and, you know, uh, there was, of course, quite a few Democrats got up and spoke in the house, and I think quite a few in the senate. But, you know, they really didn't have a whole lot of ammunition to say on our, our state and uh, on our uh, representative maps and on our Senate maps. Um, and because they're they're not really much different than they were the last time. And they'll understand the last time what I'm talking about was in 22, which has not been that long ago. Uh, one set of maps that were only good for the 22 election were drawn. Uh, maps were drawn by the House right after the census was taken and and of course, uh, the Democrats didn't like that, and they they love to sue you know sue till you blue, 
And so they sued us, and it went to our North Carolina uh, Supreme Court. And at that time, it was uh, heavily laden uh, with Democrat. Uh, and uh, basically along party lines, uh, they voted to throw our maps out. They didn't really have a real reason other than they just didn't like them. And that kind of set a weird precedence, in my opinion, that you can, you know, just get rid of maps because I don't like them. You know, I guess I sue somebody, you know, or somebody can sue me definitely saying, I don't like that jacket you wear, that loud one or whichever one it is. So I'm just going to sue you so you can't wear it no more because I just don't like it. So anyway, that's where we're at. So uh, this time, though, they, like I said, they were very similar. And know this, they uh, supposedly brought in a neutral party to draw the maps. But after the maps got drawn for the House and the Senate, uh, they realized everybody did that the guy who was drawing them is not so neutral. Come out of Princeton um, and actually had done quite a few drawings for some other different uh, blue states and, you know, kind of leaned that way. Now, the inside scoop that a lot of people don't know about, and that's why I'm here to tell you these things, it was kind of funny. They had uh, really tried to draw Phil Berger, who's the uh, head of the Senate, out of his district pretty much. And so it, it appeared to us over in the House that maybe, maybe they had come to an agreement to leave the Senate maps alone so they didn't even rule on the Senate maps as being unconstitutional, just the House maps, and went in and basically sliced and diced them up, and we still almost got a supermajority after they drew the maps. So, And then it was funny, like the last day that the Democrat-led Supreme Court had, they came back and ruled, oh, yeah, by the way, after the election, after everything's done, the Senate maps were unconstitutional too, which I thought was almost hilarious as they went out the door. So it sets it up for the next court. Looks like we got a caller. Let's see who we got, Joe. Hey, this is Representative Jeff McNeely. Who we got? Jeff, it's Jeffla. Hello, ma'am. How are you? Oh, I'm trying to carry on like everybody else should be. Uh, I'm going to touch down on a couple things I've heard you speak of and what's been in the news, uh, starting out with condolences in Maine for all those oh, that lost yes. lives. And then we've got... Uh, we got war all around the world. Not just, I was thinking, I was looking back on Donald Trump's days, I don't think we had a war nowhere, did we? No, not really. Not that I know of. Not okay. that I know of. There it is. Okay, now. Then this morning I'm hearing on this 11 o'clock news, they're trying to stop Trump, saying he's not collective enough to serve as a president. They need to stop this. They've caused all these wars. Somebody's caused them. Nothing's working. I don't know what they're doing up there, but somebody's getting something wrong. They're, these are our whole countries in peril. People falling out in the street. Can't say a prayer to God. That's who you rare talk to. That man right there is listening, and God needed more angels to send condolences uh, for those that lost their lives. God's just calling up his children is what I see. And if they can't take a prayer, that tells you that the devil's got a 100%. And I'm sick and tired of them trying to put gag orders on Donald Trump. I said it before and I'll say it again. I did not like that man, first apprentice. God said to me I was too quick to judge. Within 10 minutes, I watched him. I seen he had wisdom. I recall him saying, he could run this country by himself. Well, he could, and he did pretty much. 
the first two years, they wouldn't side with him. I know. And we had Republicans. And we had Republicans. That's correct. (laughs) So, you know, you're just not going to make a deck entrance uh, and get the world straightened back out, get peace on this earth. And uh, until God does, everybody better be praying at this point. They say that we've got this, uh, uh, the cost of living down. No, we hadn't. Who are they kidding? They've got their guards. they got their food. they got their everything. I bet they don't go in the food line. I bet they don't go in the Harrison Teeters or Apollo. These people are out of their minds. And I, I don't want to say it in a bad way. It's just somebody's not thinking straight. Hey, Deborah, we got to go to break here at 1115. So just, you can yeah, either hold tight or, or we'll talk to you the next time. You decide either way, but we've got to go to break. All right, back here for the middle part of the show here. We're going to have our guests call in here right around 1130-ish. So get ready to stay for that. It should be good. Um, you know, talked a little bit about the maps. They did have their ammunition saved up, though, for the congressional maps, where it looks like there may be a more of a lean to the Republican, maybe 10, 10 Republican, 3 Democrat, 1 up-in-the-air kind of toss-up district. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I still get back, like I said last weekend. I'll continue to say it again. Quality of candidate. Quality of candidate. You run a good quality candidate, you'll be all right. You don't, then you're dependent on something to save you that's not necessarily true. So you, no matter how that's stacked, you can still win. So, uh, and that's America. you got to love it. Also, an interesting development, talking about the Democrat Party and them with their uh, ammunition for the maps, but also their lack of ammunition and their uh, showing of support for Israel. Uh, you know, the National and on the North Carolina Party, basically on all their different social medias and whatnot, crickets. You know, we had uh, 12 House of Representatives uh, walk out without uh, backing a resolution condemning Hamas for their terrorist acts. And and know this, a lot of people may not know, uh, Hamas actually in Hebrew is violence. That's how it's interpreted in um, from Hebrew, violence. And yes, it is. And so uh, I found it always kind of maybe odd to me, but I guess a lot of the the Jewish people live in the Northeast. Maybe that's it. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, probably two-thirds of them are in the Democratic Party. And I'll be curious to see how this plays out uh, for the Democratic Party by not really coming out and condemning. Finally, maybe a few are saying kind of harsh words on Hamas, but not really. I think a lot of them are saying stuff kind of that makes you believe that Israel was asking for this and deserved it. And nobody deserves a terrorist act, the beheadings, the babies being killed and heads cut off, and just some of the atrocities that happen. Uh, is, and, and now they're making their way on the Internet. And we'll talk a little bit about that with Joseph Alighieri here in a little bit. But just, I mean, just pure evil. And so um, be curious to see. Uh, if they remain in that party, maybe they go unaffiliated. Maybe they come over to the Red Party. I'm not sure where they're going to go, but I think they would have a hard time questioning uh, why they would keep supporting the Democrat Party that doesn't seem to be re- supporting them in this time. So now, you know, real quick on a lighter note, don't know how many of y'all remember this or not. We talked a little bit about it. Uh, Texas Pete, uh, which is the T.W. Garner 
company over in Winston-Salem got sued by a guy from California saying they were false advertising and uh, he wanted damages because Texas Pete is not made in Texas. Uh, it's made in North Carolina in Winston-Salem. They just used a, a moniker, really, and, and a sign, you know, because Texas is known for hot sauce, but that doesn't mean it can't be made anywhere and everywhere. And so this person actually filed a class action suit and wanted the people from Winston-Salem, T.W. Uh, Garner, to uh, make sure they uh, pay back everybody that's ever bought Texas Pete hot sauce for the false advertisement. These are the kind of claims that tie up our court system and are worthless. It's finally been dismissed. He claims that he's him and his family and relatives and friends have all been uh, harassed by uh T.W. Garner's uh, lawyers and whatnot to drive them into the point where they're not going to participate anymore in the lawsuit. I hate that's happened, but common sense has won out here, folks. Uh, just because maybe it said Texas Pete doesn't change that I want to use it on my scrambled eggs, whether it come from Texas or Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I think that's irregardless. Now, moving on here, something that's I've worked on quite a bit, um, with some of my legislative, actually ran two different bills this time, and we kind of got them moving, almost got them to the finish line, but not quite, uh, is on the issues with social media. And now it appears that 33 states have brought a suit against Meta, and Meta is the uh, parent company of Instagram and Facebook. So what they're basically saying is is that there was a whistleblower, too, about a year ago come out saying that, that Meta has spent billions of dollars on trying to figure out how to uh, go after the young people. Uh, actually, they're, they're concentrating on like the 13-year and younger. I'm almost wondering why they need to even be on these social media sites myself. But we're allowing that to happen. I guess that's how they say they can only communicate with their friends, and I'm sure the pandemic made things a little tougher and so who knows maybe we gave in and probably shouldn't have but now they're going after their algorithm and the algorithm is a very complicated computer program that uh watches and monitors kind of everything you do and i think listens to what you're sitting around don't be talking about something next thing you know when you go on facebook it shows up now so what is that is that not invasion of privacy i'm not sure where we're at with this but anyway, 33 states, attorney generals, and North Carolina's one of them, Josh Stein. Uh, so I'll give him what little bit of credit he deserves in this. He wasn't the lead on it, but he did get in, and I think it is an issue. And I think it's something we're going to have to address. And, and I think we need to look at 18 and under. I ain't so sure. Maybe we don't need to look at 25 and under, but especially, uh, especially our young, young people. I think this just feeds them whatever they, they don't really need, even though the algorithm tells them they do and they feel like they do. And it just sucks them down a rabbit hole, and two or three hours later they realize, well, I, I've been on Instagram all this time, and they didn't even realize it. I mean, it's just took over, especially right before they go to sleep on it, and it just constantly is through their mind and through their mind. So issues here, folks, that we got to take a look at. Uh, they're actually kind of hiding behind U.S. Code 230, which was what allowed the Internet to kind of come about through being very unregulated, but yet enough regulations to protect all the different websites. So if something comes on that website from a person, that you can't really hold that website accountable except for the, the media that they put on their self, not what is brought by somebody else. 
But then they've expanded that to allow them to get away with doing about anything they want. So I feel like there's an issue there. I feel like we need to take a serious look at this. I will continue to run bills to try to protect our young people and try to make sure that social media companies aren't preying on them. Unfortunately, I think they are, and we've got to do something to stop it. Maybe these lawsuits, maybe that's going to be the answer. Maybe that's what's going to help us. We will see. We will see. Uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up that I think is almost crazy. The FBI has figured out that a lot of these offshore IT sites, so the ones that you call, you know, the call centers and all the different parts of the world, but you get somebody and she tells you her name's Daisy and you really can't understand her hardly because of her thick accent that sounds very oriental. Um, so now what they've discovered is is that many, many people, do we have a caller? Well, let's take it real quick here. we got a couple minutes. Hey, this is Representative Jeff McNeely. Who we got here? Hello? Hello? Hey, hey, hey gotcha, gotcha. Hey, sorry about that. A little di okay. technical difficulty. Who we got here? Okay. Uh, yeah, I got a um, Chevrolet Silverado Ooh. Ooh. 1500. Hang on one second. That sounds like a nice truck. Okay. But I, I, the, the unfortunately, uh, Pat's uh, uh, swap hour is it's over right now. You're just Representative Jeff McNeely. Oh, I'm sorry. Call in tomorrow. You'll get okay. Brian Summers. He's taking up for Pat and 9 to 11, and, and they'll take okay. care of you. But until then, keep watching Thank on you. it, keeping it clean. All right. Okay. Yeah, all right. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> all right. Back to it. Anyway, what we found is that a lot of these people that are working in these call centers, and there are actually 15 different domains that they found that they are going to go ahead and they, they got that in about $1.5 million they've acquired, the FBI has, back from these. Um, they're sending their money to North Korea. So what North Korea done has exported out their people who have technical abilities and let them go and work in all these different call centers all over the world, in Asia and wherever, and then funnel their money back through to them so that they can continue their regime about buying missiles, buying bullets, buying whatever it takes with that money. So they're, and, and basically their families that are still there are being held hostage, and if the money doesn't come back, then who knows what happens to their family. So you can look at this as... Uh, almost like slave labor to a point, extortion, you name it. But it's actually a thing. And now the job's going to be to figure out who are North Korean nationalists that are out doing this and who aren't. And so I think this is wild and this is crazy, but uh, it doesn't surprise me one bit. Now, who knows how much money has been funneled back to this crazy man in North Korea so that he can keep firing missiles. We wonder where his money comes from and how they do and where it is, and the people are starving to death, and it's a brutal regime. Um, and so this is kind of where it's coming from, folks, and it took us a while to figure it out. So, you know, kind of think it's really interesting that this is actually something the FBI has been able to probe and find out. And I'm curious to hear more about it. It's just kind of come to light. So I'm waiting to see what we're going to end up doing and how we're going to go about policing this. But you know what I got to say? If you're a company and you're based in America, 
maybe we ought to get people on the phone that we can probably understand a little bit better and talk to. Maybe we ought to look at American-based call centers. Mm. You know, hey, it's fine if somebody from Asia wants to call somebody in Asia at a call center. And that's fine if Americans want to do it. But maybe we ought to as a country and as a company and just know that responsibility. Okay, it might cost some more money. There's no doubt about it. It may cost some more money. But in the end of the day, I think it would definitely be worth it. I know I have struggled many times. And, yes, I have a bad accent. And I'm sure this, my, my English is just as difficult for them as theirs is for me. But it sure would be nice every once in a while when you pick up the phone when you got to call them or somebody to talk to you and you go, oh, my goodness, you really are a daisy. That is your real name. This is amazing. All right, folks, hang tight. Going to have Joseph Allegheny coming on the phone here with us a little bit. going to be really cool. This is going to be a lot of fun. Stay tuned. All right. I like to do that, that intro. Doesn't it sound cool, Joe? <laughs> okay, I'm goofing off too much this morning. Hey, we're getting ready to bring our uh, guest in. Let me see if we can get Joseph on the line. Hey, is this Joseph Allegheny? Yes, sir. Hey, Joseph, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well, praise the Lord. Hope you are. Uh, amen, brother, amen. Known Joseph now? Oh, gosh, I don't know, Joseph. I may have known you now 15 years, 20 years. I don't know, a long time. How, how long have you been we're, preaching? We're getting old, man. Yes, we're we are. Old, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I reckon 15, 20 years, something yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, looking for somebody, you know, I was sitting there myself. I said, I need to find somebody that understands kind of the conflict here and maybe can help us. So first off, though, you know, tell my listeners who you are. This this is a chance to, to reach out and evangelize to a little bit, you know, and maybe you get a bigger crowd on yeah. Sunday at the church down there. So who is, jo- who is Joseph Allegheny? Tell us a little bit about yourself, Joseph. Thank you so much, brother. First of all, I want to thank you for your service as our state rep and congratulate you with what I understand is a veto-proof majority. Amen. Praise God. Praise <laughs> God. Yes, uh, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, I may not sound like it, but I'm born and raised in North Carolina, born in Charlotte, Presbyterian Hospital back in 1974. My mother's from Catawba County, Christian background, and my father is from Iraq from uh, Mahmoudia, Iraq, just south of Baghdad, mm. from a Muslim background. And uh, I grew up in Charlotte and uh, grew up uh, hearing my father uh, speak ill of Israel and everything's Israel's fault, the Jews' fault, and all of that. But I grew up in the church, by God's grace, in the ARP church in Charlotte. And uh, now, by, uh, by his grace, I'm not only a Christian, but uh, a born-again Christian, but a pastor at the Cornerstone ARP in Mooresville. Used to be Lakeside, That's but right. Mooresville ARP and Lakeside have merged, and they're on Williamson Road off Exit 33 in Lake Norman, uh, preaching the Word of God with uh, without compromise every Sunday, 10:45 a.m. Love to have some folks come and visit. Amen. Y'all, I tell you what, Joseph is a great preacher. If you get a chance, you ought to go listen to him. If you're looking for a church, that would be a good place to start right there. So you got, how many, let's see, how many kids you got? Three? Is it three you got? I have four, four beautiful four. children. I got uh, from uh, age 17 uh, down to nine, and uh, I'm blessed. I'm a very blessed man, but you can imagine busy. <laughs> Pastor of a, of a church and four children and all this going on, but praise God, the Lord is good. Well, all right, and, and you know, for a lot of people out there, I, I really, they kind of think they know the history, but 
really we don't. Uh, we know what the Bible taught us, but we don't understand what's happened since 1948 or nine when Israel was created and all the different yeah. stuff. And, and I don't know how well-versed you're in that, but I know you know enough. And, and so yeah. lay out, you know, these people have been hating on each other for tens of thousands of years. Uh, yeah. wh what are we looking at here with this war, the way it started and what's going on now? Well, yeah, that's a good question because it's, it's pretty complex. Uh, the, the origins are, are very simple, but where we are today is, is very complex, especially in a, uh, you know, American environment where wokeism is the rule and, and, you know, up is down and down is up. And, and isn't it interesting that the most liberal elements and woke elements in our population uh, are supporting uh, Hamas, Muslim terrorists that decapitate children, and, you know, why is that? Well, uh, so on the very complex side, uh, just in a nutshell, we reduce it all down to it is spiritual warfare. Uh, what the liberals in America stand for today is completely opposite of what Hamas stands for on the surface. Yet uh, the only way for people to understand this is to have uh, really to be born again, to have the spirit of God, because otherwise it makes no sense. People are, are trying to figure it out, but the only way to understand it is both the, the woke liberals and the, uh, and the radical Muslims uh, basically have the same God, and that's Satan. It's spiritual warfare, and it's interesting that even in these difficult times, they unite. I mean, here's the liberals out protesting against Israel and wanting to support uh, Muslim terrorists that decapitate babies. Why? Because, you know, if the Muslim radicals were to take over, the first head to roll would be the homosexual, the transgender, the, uh, you know, these people who don't want guns. And, you yeah. know? and so how do, you, how do you make any sense of it? There is no sense of it unless you recognize that there's only two kinds of people in the world, children of God and children of the devil, and, uh, and both Muslims who don't know Christ as well as liberals who don't know Christ are really one and the same. And in a nutshell, that's what's going on now. What we're talking about, what we see on the ground, what we see in the news and all of that, it's much more complex. But if you don't understand that, you'll never understand the details. Well, you know, one of the things I heard somebody say that, that if tomorrow uh, the Israelis all laid down all their weapons, there'd be no more Israelis. And if tomorrow— oh, Well, yeah, let it, me say it this way. If the very same thing I think is better uh, better said this way, that— if uh, if the Muslims, if the Ham if Hamas and Hezbollah and the Muslims in the surrounding nations immediately, and especially Hamas, had the same military might as Israel does, and Israel basically had nothing, there wouldn't be an Israel. Exactly. There wouldn't be any Jews left. Yeah, and that's exactly the point. And that's why this continues. This isn't something new. It's been going on not just since 1948, certainly since 1948, but it's been going on since about 660 A.D., People talk about the Jews taking the Muslim land, but uh, how did the Muslims get there? <laughs> that mm. wasn't Muslim land before, you know, Islam didn't come about till the 7th century. Uh, it was Christians and Jews who lived in Israel and Jerusalem. The Muslims took it by force under the Caliph Umar, the uh, second uh, leader of Islam after Muhammad. You had Abu Bakr, and then you had Umar. Umar, uh, they had a seed. You know, they talk about it. it's not nice for the Israelis to cut off food and, and all that kind of stuff to the Gazans. That's exactly what the Muslims did to, to take Jerusalem. They had a siege. I think it was a year long. 
And when everybody was starved and ready to die, finally they gave up. And that's how the Muslims got there in the first place. Yeah, and that's what they said. They said if, if, if Israel does it, they're gone. If Hamas or, you know, you name whatever terrorist organ, let's say just the Muslims in general surround it, if they lay down theirs, there'd be peace. And that's just where it's at. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, for, as a Christian, we, we want the Jews and the Muslims to come to Christ. That's the only answer. Exactly. That's the only final answer, because Christ alone is the Prince of Peace. But there is a difference. Jews who do not love Jesus, who do not know Jesus, their religion does not teach them to go and fight uh, other uh, people, other nations, and make them converts. But Islam specifically does. There's all sorts of verses in the Quran. Uh, there's the, the example of Muhammad himself, uh, which specifically says, fight and kill the unbeliever, and even fight and kill the Jew and the Christian, specifically named in the Quran, in the 8th chapter, and the ninth chapter of the Quran, go and fight them, strike terror into the hearts of the enemies of Allah, and, uh, and fight the Christians and the Jews until they, they basically bow the knee and become uh, more or less your slave. And, uh, and these things are in Islam. And so as long as there is an Islam, there is going to be people who literally think they're doing God a service by killing Christians and Jews. And Muhammad had a specific problem with the Jews, and so there's been an enmity, a real hatred of the Jews from Muslims uh, going back to the time of Muhammad, the 7th century. Well, you know, it's, and, and now you, for a time in your ministry, you were in, weren't you in Dearborn or right around Dearborn, Michigan? You went there to do uh, yes, missionary yes, work. Yes, I was in uh, yeah, Dearborn, Michigan, three and a half years. That's the the uh, most concentrated area of Arab-Muslim immigration uh, in East Dearborn, pretty much every—that's where they make Ford, that's where they make the mm -hmm. F-150. Uh, every door you knock on, just about, is an Arab-Muslim from Iraq, from Lebanon, or from Yemen. And, you know, people don't realize where that come from was Henry Ford actually brought these people, I guess, over to the States— as workers, factory workers, because he found them to be very, uh, very, very, very bright, uh, very, very good work ethic, uh, everything about it, just non-Christian and, and weren't going to be Christian. Uh, but everything they did worked for him and his factories. And next thing you know, that became the town. And it, tell me if I'm wrong, but the, the five times a day they pray, it comes over the speaker and all through downtown Dearborn, Michigan. Well, Dearborn and Hamtramck, there's a couple areas there, but, but there's actually more of a story. People can go study it if they want. Uh, Henry Ford uh, did not like the Jews. He actually had an enmity and hatred with the Jews, hmm. and that came because when he started the Henry Ford, uh, Ford Motor Company in Detroit, when he first started, he couldn't get a loan. Well, all the bankers in Detroit were Jews. And mm. so there's actually a history, if anybody wants to go study, there's a history of Ford Did attacking not. the Jews. He had a little newspaper where he attacked the Jews. Anyways, so it's not a coincidence that he specifically worked to import Arab Muslim uh, workers. Uh, actually, that was kind of uh, something to do with his spite towards mm. the Jewish community. It's Did. a very interesting thing. You know, Henry Ford, I think, was a, a decent man, but uh, he had flaws like all of us, and that was a big did not know that.
That's pretty wild. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Yeah, interesting. Well, I, I encourage your viewers to go look at that. Interesting history. And, and that's why there's that huge Muslim population there today. <laughs> why are they here? Because Henry Ford has hated the Jews. But <laughs> it's a strange thing. And we got about a minute, and we're going to take about a minute and a half break and then come back for okay. the, the rest of the show, which runs right at 2, 12 o'clock. So just know that's coming up. So, But I, I know yeah. you were up there, and that was that was very difficult, missionarying in Dearborn in that area. Yeah, well, on the one hand, it's easy because you're still in America, and that's nice. But on the other hand, yeah, very difficult. Those people stick together. They're here. They're enjoying, uh, you know, some of what America has, has produced. But uh, anyhow, it's almost like the Muslims can be more receptive in their home country than when they go elsewhere because they kind of form an enclave, sort of defensive to the outside. All right, we're going to take a break here, Joseph. Just stay on the line. we got more to talk about, so we'll be right back to you. So just hold tight there, folks. I, I think this is really cool, so be listening. Yeah. All right, back here for the last part of the show. Just talking to Joe Berg, and we had an interesting conversation, my uh, man that runs the board. But, Joseph, are you there? I'm right here, yes, sir. All right, all right. All right, let's, we'll get a little bit into this, and I know this is maybe you know not exactly the, the thing you do when working trying to convert Muslims, but, you know, they had the attack on October the 7th. I guess it looks like this thing has been being planned for a long time. Surprised Israel was so least prepared. Kind of reminded me of uh, you know December the seventh, nineteen forty-one, when Pearl Harbor got attacked. Almost. What do you what do you think happened that allowed them to be able to pull off this coup, this surprise, and attack like they did? Yeah. Well, uh, reminds me even more of September eleventh, two thousand and one. Yeah. There you go. That too. That too. That too. <laughs> with the, with the Muslims. Uh, yeah. You know. Uh, I confess that I don't uh, watch the news that carefully anymore. It kind of disgusts me for the most part. Uh, <laughs> I get you. <laughs> I focus on the good news and read the Word of God. But, but some of these principles are, are true regardless of the time. And I think what we're facing again is, uh, you know, a lot of church people thinking just support Israel no matter what. Well, yeah, I agree to a point, but everything Israel does is not right as a nation because most of those people are not born again. The vast majority of, of Israelis don't know the Lord Jesus. Amen. And, uh, and so the woke movement and the liberal movement is there as well. And it's in that uh, nation, in that government. And uh, the Biden administration is, is certainly uh, pro-Iran, as we have seen. Uh, they do everything they can to support uh, the Muslim nations and give billions of our tax dollars to Iran, who probably funded this with, with our tax dollars, you know? know. Can you imagine? I mean, where's the outrage? Our tax dollars going to decapitate Israeli babies. Mm. Uh, it's it's terrible. It's horrible. But I, I think personally that, uh, you know, this, this whole liberal wokeism and the internal uh, battles for leadership, you know, uh, Netanyahu was the leader for so many years. Then he got voted out. They had a more liberal group in, and then he got voted back in. But you have this this government that's kind of a, a mixed government, and so it's kind of like in our own nation with all this turmoil and polarization. And so I think it might very well have been that that sort of caught them off guard. Also, you know, Israel, like America, has a great military and great ability 
And so generally when, when we uh, lose in, in some kind of defeat, which is a small defeat overall strategically, but of course it's a horrible thing that took place, uh, oftentimes it's because we're not doing what we're supposed to do. Nancy Pelosi should have had proof, uh, should have had people on, on January 6th. We wouldn't have this charade that our country's been put through the last period. Mm-hmm. But she, she said no. She refused them. Yeah, she, they, they knew it. No. They knew it. You know, they and so we, we have the ability, and I think Israel had the ability, and for silly reasons, foolish reasons, uh, I think they weren't prepared. And, and those are the kind of things that we look well, I, you know, like I said, this and 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 you know, Israel, they're the Jewish people. They're going to punch back harder. In other words, you punch them, they're going to punch back harder. You punch them again, they're going to come back even harder. And so, well, the thing is that restrains them is international opinion, and then of course the United States, and especially our liberal current federal government, which is uh, always you know bowing the knee to Iran and other groups and Saudi Arabia. And so that's the only thing that's going to restrain Israel, really, uh, under the sun, if you will, besides God himself, is is the international opinion. And that, that's why these liberals and everyone are going crazy. You know, it's a shame. Harvard and all these schools that were founded to preach the gospel, mm. all these uh, hippie, woke, weirdo kids out there with rich parents and stuff, uh, you know, laying around in the ground, groveling around for Hamas. And, you know, it just... It's sickening, and and that's where we are today, and and that's that's what's going on. You know, Israel clearly. I mean, they could they could destroy Gaza, completely destroy it, completely dislocate everyone there. But you know, the only thing that's that's working against that is, of course, uh, the international opinion and the United States. Well, you know, I guess it was in what the nineteen seventies, uh, early seventies, the two different uh, whatever you want to call them. Uh, well, one was an invasion by most of the Arabic countries, Egypt, and all of them. You know, the Six Day War. Yeah, Israel just yeah. beat the crap out of all of them at one time, and, and and claimed Gaza and the West Bank. You know, that wasn't really the, the the actual land laid out from the settlements and whatnot of the World War II treaties and whatnot yeah. that created them. But they claimed it and, and, and have held it since then. And I guess, you know, that's just in on their crawl. But, and, and they tried, I think, in 73 to, to, to start it up again, and Israel beat them back again. And so, you know, they, I guess right. they're waiting for their moment, and this was a time. That, you know, but this was a terrorist. This wasn't a uh, we're declaring war. This was, a, this was we're going we're gonna to come in and behead your people and do a vicious acts. You know, one thing. Yes, this is hatred. This, this has no evil. strategic value whatsoever. I mean, this proves the point. They they know they can't defeat Israel. They're not even trying. They just want to kill. They just want to see the blood of Jews flow. And, yeah. and I mean, they say that. They sing about it. This is the sickness of the religion of Islam. I don't hate Muslim people. I got 300,000 Muslim relatives. The, the best thing you can do for Muslims is free them from the slavery and bondage of this wicked, satanic death cult called Islam and bring them to Jesus Christ. And that that's what was manifest on October the 7th. They weren't fighting a war. They're just in there trying to kill as many Jews as possible. Yeah, because they had no real plan. I mean, you know, other than the no. attack, they had no plan because now they're just, you know, getting annihilated. So just, right. just craziness. But, you know, I, and, and I think I, I told you this when we was on a little bit of the break there, whatever. GoPros, the, the, everything that goes into Gaza, West Bank, all that where the, the Palestinians or whatever you want, Hamas is, it's all monitored. Everything that goes in goes yeah. through. And, and, and the Israelis saw this uptick in GoPros being ordered and shipped in to Gaza and really didn't think much about it. And this has been over the last years, like the 
quadrupled amount of GoPros shipped into that region. Then to come to find out on October the 7th when all of them spilled into Israel from Gaza, all those different terrorists were wearing GoPros so they could film everything. And, and one of the things that's gotten out on the Internet now, folks, and I don't even suggest you hunt for it, cause, and I haven't seen it, but I've talked to a couple people who have. It's just brutal. Uh, about an eight-hour, basically, intrusion into uh, one of the Jewish houses and tied up the uh, the man and the wife uh, there, uh, pulled the man's eye socket ball out of the socket, uh, oh, uh, mutilated his wife's breast, and then raped her all in front of everybody and their children sitting there, too, ended up chopping off a small little, a young little girl's foot. And, and, and in, in, in the middle of all this, they sat down and fixed a meal and ate it in their house. Yeah. <laughs> wicked, 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 satanic wickedness uh, of you know the and and it's right you know the, here's the difference you know the Israelis those who don't know Christ the majority of them they need Christ just like those Muslims but at least they're civilized the, these Muslims uh, are like savage beasts they really are and uh, and people need to see that but this culture has become so wicked you know look at the Halloween fascination we were kids oh, yeah. people didn't put up lights for Halloween. They didn't do that much decoration for Halloween, did it for Christmas. Now Christmas, there's nothing. You go into Lowe's, there's Santa Claus on a on a Harley Davidson with a guitar. There's no manger scene. But Halloween, oh, Lord, they got coffins out. You know, it's a sad thing that our own culture is embracing death more than life. And so when these things happen, a lot of our younger people, they don't think anything of it. You know, it's a real sad thing. And, of course, the answer is right. And, and you know, really... The elephant in the room here is the United States of America. The United States certainly supplies, protects Israel. But as we're seeing, we're at a tipping point. This nation, the liberals, uh, they're to the point where we don't want to support Israel. Well, once you don't support Israel anymore, there's going to be a vacuum. Here's World War III. Here's the return of Christ. I mean, (laughs) you know, and that comes all the way back down to the state level here in North Carolina, supporting people who are conservative, like our representative Jeff. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it is terrifying right now to me. Like I said, when we run, when when the Ukraine and and us and Russia runs out of money, that war will kind of subside. This one here, it'll be to the last person standing, uh, and so I, I don't see it. And we've done such a poor job of overseeing and trying to monitor. Iran's nuclear program. I, tro- I truly believe they have nuclear ability because we. Well, just, it's a joke, yeah. Jeff. It, you know, it's a joke. The Democrats have done everything. Barack Hussein Obama, Biden, his his uh, puppet. Uh, they've done everything they could to supply Iran with money, with with everything they want. The Republicans, even Trump, uh, have really basically done nothing with Iran for yeah. the last thirty, forty years. The Democrats have helped him. Jimmy Carter is the one who basically put the Ayatollah Khomeini in power in 1979. It's a very strange story, starting back, you know, the CIA coup in 1953 when they had a Democratic leader that was elected and the CIA got rid of him so they could put the Shah in so mm-hmm. we could keep their oil. Very strange history, very strange, weird affair between America and Iran. Even in, in 1991, Iraq wasn't the biggest. Well, Iraq could have been in 1991, but in 2003, Iraq's military was decimated. George Bush Jr. lied. Iraq was not the greatest threat in the region in 2003. Iran was by far. We didn't do anything with Iran. And so there's a lot of strange things going on in the background. 
Well, uh, you know, it is. And we've come to the end of the show. Joseph, I appreciate you. I might have to try to have you back on here in maybe a month or so when this thing keeps progressing. We'll see. But thank you, sir, so much. Thank you. And may all your visitors know that when that bomb drops, where they're going, may they know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, dear Lord, we do thank you. We thank you for all that you do for us. Protect us. Watch over us. Guide us. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. All right, folks, until next week, take care. See ya. You've been listening to North Carolina Representative Jeff McNeely. Join Jeff again next Monday morning at 11.05 for Taking Care of Iredell on News Talk WSIC. There you go. Uh